Welcome to Faith Bible Church's Midweek in the Word podcast, where we are together seeking to become better readers, hearers, and doers of the Word each week. Hello and welcome to another episode of Midweek in the Word. Thanks for joining us. Um, We're thrilled that you're with us or you're along for this ride. Uh, Whether you're new to the podcast or you've been with us for a while, uh, you may recognize my voice. I am Pastor Brad Myers, Faith Bible Church's adult ministries pastor. And uh, this week, Tom's actually on vacation. And so I'm joined by not a new guest, but a return visitor on the podcast and a familiar voice to many of you, I'm sure, uh, Pastor Troy, our worship pastor here at the church. Welcome to the podcast, Troy. Thank you. I'm not sure if I should be uh, offended. I know last week you said um, you guys had a face for radio, <laughs> and then the next week I show up on the podcast. So, um, but, I, but I'm grateful to be here anyway. Well, in fairness, that was my brother-in-law, <laughs> and so, you know, family, you know how that goes. So at, at the very least, we'll, we'll continue doing the audio. At some point, if we get the right person on staff, maybe we'll start doing video podcasts. But for the time being, well, we'll leave that alone for those of us that uh, you would rather hear than see, uh, Troy being not the least among, <laughs> among them. Um, but, but, but Troy, this, this may seem like a strange way to, be, to begin the podcast, and I know you've listened to the podcast some yourself, so you know how we typically roll into it. But I've I've been doing some thinking, and I've heard a lot of people say recently how especially new people don't know much about the pastors or the elders, especially those of us that aren't up in front nearly as much. And so especially for the new people, I want to start out this discussion um, a bit this morning um, by giving people the opportunity to get to know you, um, to to hear a little bit of your background. So before we dive into the topic that we have at hand this week, uh, could you start us off a little bit? If if somebody doesn't know you or haven't met you in the church, uh, where are you from? What's your story? Well, uh, actually, I'm from Lincoln, Nebraska, born and raised uh, right here. Um, graduated from Southeast High School and um, grew up in a, a, a good gospel teaching church and found the Lord at an early age through um, their ministry and, of course, through uh, my parents uh, pursuing um, Jesus in my life. Uh, so um, I'm grateful for that. Uh, and then um, left for Bible school for a few years. Met my wife, actually should say this, I, I went to the university here for one year, which mm. is where I met my wife, and then went to Chicago uh, uh, off to Bible school. Was that, was that after you guys were married? Well, actually, we got married while I was in Chicago. Okay, very nice, very nice. So uh, the, the follow-up question then would be, how did, how did you end up back in Lincoln from Chicago after, after you went to school there? Well, that's kind of an interesting story. I was... Uh, after graduating from Bible college, I had my first ministry in Kansas City. We were there for had, had great years there for seven or so years. Um, but the connection is uh, Pastor Tom actually um, was my youth pastor when I was in middle school and my brother was in high school. So we had a prior relationship. We mm. knew each other um, uh, before all of, you know, before me leaving Lincoln and having ministry. So sure. um, when Faith Bible Church was established and they had uh, made it through some building expenses, mm-hmm. they, they had decided it was finally time to hire somebody to full-time address the, the worship and the, the music ministries and the, and the musicians and all of that. And um, they happened to run into me at my brother's ordination. He, Tom was speaking Okay. There and my wife and I were attending because uh, uh, we wanted to support uh, my brother, and 
we made a reconnect, and uh, the rest is history. <laughs> there, there you go. Uh, if, if you're new to the church, listeners, or you're unfamiliar with Pastor Tom, you will certainly learn that he knows everybody. And so it's no shock that the Troy is, is yeah. here uh, as a result of that relationship. Uh, finally, and maybe the most interesting question um, that, I, that I like to ask people is, why are, why are you a worship pastor, Troy? What, what was the calling there? Well, I mean, the easy answer is because God made me one. There but uh, the background behind that, I guess I would say, you know, I've always been uh, involved musically. I played the trumpet, you know, sang all the way elementary school, middle school, high school, just really enjoyed and enjoy um, music. Um, but I've also been deeply involved in the church. Uh, my parents were uh, engaged. I was engaged, whether it was youth group, whether it was singing in choirs are playing. So, so I loved music, and I loved the church. And I remember one day sort of sitting in the congregation thinking, I wonder if those two could be used together. Mm-hmm. And seeing, you know, uh, a worship pastor at my church and going, I, I wonder if God could do that with me. Mm-hmm. So I would say there was just sort of a, a moment, I don't know, a light bulb moment where mm-hmm. God said, yeah, you know what? You love the church, <laughs> you love music. Those can work together. And, wow. and, and so I went off to pursue, uh, you know, Bible education, music uh, degree, uh, just, just to help me with that. Mm. And the rest is history, as it were. So, okay, you said you were seven years in Kansas City, and then how long have you been at Faith Bible? Uh, since 2004, so 16. Very nice. Going on more. Very nice. Which, if, if you can do the math, listeners, you have some idea for, 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 to, for Troy's age at this point, uh, but we won't dive into that any bit more. We know that Adina is much younger. Much, uh, much. For sure than you at that point, but uh, hopefully that's helpful, and I appreciate your willingness to share, Troy. And for those of you that are new to the church, uh, obviously you see Troy on a frequent basis, a little less frequently now uh, with some of the restrictions, which we'll get into here in a little bit, but uh, um, that's, that's Pastor Troy here at the church. Uh, I know he would be encouraged to know that people get to know him, and he'd love to love to chat with you sometime uh, if you'd love to know more about his story there. Um, but, uh, but Troy, let's, let's get into the, the topic here that we have at hand this week. Most of our listeners know that this last Sunday uh, was a little different than our typical worship service. We had our fall One Faith event. We celebrated with an outdoor service where we witnessed baptisms. Uh, your team led us in a number of worship songs. We shared communion, and then we shared lunch. And obviously for the teaching time, uh, Tom and I spent some time sharing our thoughts and addressing some of the challenges we're currently facing as the church, challenges specifically related to how do we maintain unity uh, in this ever-increasingly divided age, COVID specifically, but there's a whole number of other things that would go into that as well. Uh, but Tom's taking a little vacation. He's, he's going to be gone for a week or two. Uh, so Troy, I wanted to ask you to come in here, and I wanted to take advantage of the podcast opportunity to follow up um, in a little more detail, get a different perspective than mine and Tom's on some of the discussion we had talked about, and hopefully dig a little bit deeper into that dialogue. So, so let's, try, let's try and dive into this subject. We, we talked about a number of the different challenges related to COVID that we're facing as a church right now. Uh, what has been the most difficult part of this whole season for you personally? Well, uh, you know, I'm one of those, you probably don't know, I'm one of those people that's an immune compromised Mm -hmm. person. So for me, as someone who is immune compromised, finding the right balance um, between appropriate caution and and realistic expectations. I mean, I have um, a college student, I have 
um, a high school student. I have a wife who works in a middle school mm. and, an, and an older son who's in and out doing work. And so, um, you know, trying to um, figure out what were appropriate expectations for them coming and going and me being around uh, was not easy. In fact, um, early on in March when this whole COVID thing started and we weren't quite sure what we were getting, I actually moved out of my house and in with my mom for a few weeks Mm -hmm. um, just to make sure... um, you know, we were safe. I was safe. She, she's also older. So, you know, we were kind of in the same boat. So I lived yeah. with her for a while and that was not easy. Sure. Um, and I'm glad <laughs> sure. uh, we, I didn't decide to stay there because now what, seven months later, yeah. um, that would have been really, really challenging. But um, those are some of the, the, you know, the, the real challenges to, to have to wrestle through, um, you know, um, in this time. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can imagine. Um, and maybe most people don't know that background for you personally. Um, if you're comfortable, you want to share a little bit of that as far as why you find yourself being immunocompromised at this point? Well, I mean, <clears throat> why, I'm not sure. But I do have an immune... Com- I mean, if you've been around here for a little while, in 2011, I had a cancer battle hmm. with, with um, lymphoma. Uh, and then, uh, oh, five years ago, I had another issue with um, some malabsorption, some issues, but they're all related to my immune deficiency issue. Mm. So um, obviously, I, those things are, um, I'm more aware of those things probably than others are, but, um, mm. you know, they cause me to have to think differently than maybe some, some do. Yeah, absolutely. And I know obviously we're all wrestling a little bit personally, and so I'm sure your story resonates with some, uh, whereas Tom and mine wouldn't in the same way. Uh, How about your role as a pastor? Uh, What specific challenges have you felt in your role as the worship pastor at Faith Bible Church? Uh, Well, like probably many uh, or most, there's the disconnectedness from the church body. I mean, of course, when we weren't meeting at all, we were probably all feeling that way, but because I'm immune compromised, uh, we decided it was best for me to stay away from those services where our people aren't wearing masks. Mm. Um, and as a worship pastor, I want to be seeing and leading those people yeah. uh, in worship. Uh, so it's been difficult to not be doing that for a large portion of the church body as the worship pastor and wanting to see them and engage them and be part of what's going on there. Yeah, I, I expect so, very much so. But but I also know, as as you said, you know, part of the reason you're a worship pastor is because the segue of both the the singing element and also that you're first and foremost a churchman, that you believe in the local church, you believe in what God is doing through that. So we also want to acknowledge that God is at work mm-hmm. in a season like this. He's not passively observing. He wasn't surprised by COVID and all of that sort of thing. So so he's he's doing something in our lives individually and also in our lives corporately. Let's start with the individual. What what has God been teaching you personally over the course of the last few months? Well, now you're meddling just a little bit. <laughs> That's what I do, you know. This is this is what I mean. I get to ask all the questions uh, and <laughs> then make everyone else answer them. So, uh, well, you know, James uh, one nineteen resonates, um, especially in this current day. Be quick to hear or listen, and then slow to speak and slow to anger. Um, And I've learned that what aggravates that is isolation from others, which COVID Mm. has forced uh, in many of our cases. So you and Tom even cautioned us 
uh, Sunday to be careful to not just jump to assumptions on people's motives um, when you agree or disagree with them. Um, and that's, you know, it's too easy to do when we aren't or can't have face-to-face conversation. At least that's been my yeah. um, experience. Um, and at least for me, social media usually further <laughs> aggravates the problem. <laughs> I Imagine find, that. Well, I just find myself wanting to just yell at my iPad, right, when I yeah. look at some, some people's posts. And, um, of course, uh, that's something most people wouldn't do if you were just talking with them face to face. So at least we would all hope hope so, right? Well, it tempers, you know, yeah. the relationship, the eye to eye tempers, I, I hope for most of us that, um, uh, that urge, yeah. to, you know, to just be angry, to just be upset. And that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, and so, um, you know, having interaction, actual real eye to eye, face to face contact, um, you know, has certainly been missed. Um, but helps, I think. So for me, just just trying to slow down, take a deep breath, and listen. It helps to understand others' perspectives, and then, uh, you know, um, I think it's a way for me to express my love for other people is listening. I mean, that's mm-hmm. certainly big. Speak a little bit to that practically. How have you engaged either on the social media front or on the human interaction front? Have you tried to be intentional? I mean, I know some people waffle between social media fasts and kind of the, the alternative. How, how do you practically approach that? Well, I'm not a big social media person. I make, I mean, my wife and I share like a Facebook account. Right, just, right. Just because we scroll through it. It's it's fun to see what cousins in North Carolina are doing or what's going on. Yeah, that's yeah. the value for me. But um, so I, you know, I'm not a big social media guy. Um, too many people just, you know, vent mm. on social media, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, and those other things that I my kids do that I have no idea. You know? <laughs> Again, we're dating you, to Detroit. Okay, here on the but podcast. it doesn't matter if I give you the most current one in yeah. two years; that will be gone. It'll be obsolete It'll be something too. New. You can't yep. just can't keep up. Yep. Uh, with them, so um, you know, and it's easy for people to unleash on social media mm. based on my previous comment. Well, you don't have to look at somebody in the eye and tell them that. Yeah. Somebody who's immune compromised, or somebody who's you know, it's easy to post something and you don't have, you don't have any relational repercussions with yeah. that potentially. So, um, and it's so easy for us all to just gravitate to the things that we agree with and the things that we like mm. and to blow off the things that we don't agree with and not necessarily give them fair weight. Yeah. So, you know, anyway, I don't know if that answers your question. I, <laughs> I, I just find that it's, it's challenging and frustrating, especially when you're living in I, somewhat isolation. I call it my echo chamber. I can easily hear myself talking to myself and convincing myself yeah. and maybe some people in my house about this, about certain things and yeah. lose perspective that there's a bigger world than mine. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure you're not the only one feeling that way. So I, I hope that's an encouragement to our listeners. Uh, but now let's transition a little bit. You're talking about personally, uh, but you're also a pastor here at the church. You're also in, in leadership, both formally and informally at Faith Bible Church. What do you think God is trying to teach us as a church in this season? Uh, well, well, I'm sure that God is teaching us many more things that I could possibly even identify, but I 
I will say that I think God is using these challenging times to help us see more clearly our hearts, our motives, our priorities, Hmm. our deficiencies. At least I hope so. Um, It's a little painful, but I think we we should see that as a gift from God. Um, Hmm. It's just this ability to see more clearly Um, because seeing the truth about ourselves gives us an opportunity to repent if necessary, to address issues, to change course, to refocus on areas in our church we may not have realized we needed until now, until we are able to see yeah. with God's eyes, so to speak. Yeah, I, I, I can't help but think I was listening to a, a podcast by David Platt recently, and he was talking about a personal health struggle that he had been through. And he, uh, the, the being worn down by that, just being kind of at the end of himself, he wasn't sleeping well, he wasn't feeling well, there was all these kind of things. And all of a sudden, this emotion welled up in him, this anger about something. He's like, where did that come from? But, but he said it so well that he was like, what I realized in that moment is, is God was revealing to me something that had always been there, so something buried, that was a part of my heart, buried deep. that it's just when I was tired and aggravated and all that, God was, God was pressing me and revealing something that He wanted to deal with in my own heart. And, and I know personally, I can really sympathize with that in this season, you know, things that I went... Or, or even, you know, I referenced uh, on Sunday the, the having kids aspect. You know, it's amazing yeah. how patient I think I am until it's 2 o'clock in the morning and my one-year-old won't go back to sleep. And then I find out what's really going on in my heart. And so I, I think that's a good encouragement to us as a church that, that there's some of that going on. You know, James, we're going back to James 1, the testing of your faith is meant to produce patience and endurance. That's right. God and those uses sort of things. those things to refine us and to reveal things about us to sanctify us mm. so that we know, oh, okay, I'm not quite where God wants me to be <laughs> yeah. yet with that. Uh, and sometimes they're very deep, and it takes yeah. some, some pressure, uh, you know, for us to find those and ha- have them well up. Yeah, of I... course, the other thing I would say is, uh, as the worship pastor, you know, of course, nothing at our church, in our church practice right now looks like it did in February, but... Um, as a per- worship pastor, when I think through the whole idea of worship, so many things don't look or feel like we're used used to or maybe even like we want them to. Mm. Uh, but that has caused me to ask, is that what worship is really all about? When our meetings, our serving, our singing, and our fellowshipping aren't the way I like or want them to, to be, can I still worship? Or I guess to put it another way, is my worship too dependent on my liturgy? Hmm. And we like certain things a certain way, and when that routine is broken, um, I think God's saying, ah, let's hmm. let's ch- let's do a heart check here. You know, uh, it 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 has just reminded me that worship is ultimately about my heart and not my external expressions or my surroundings. I've had to challenge my own heart, actually, and and just ask myself if I could offer an acceptable worship to God when the environment isn't what I want, Mm. when I'm uncomfortable, or when I'm asked to sacrifice a personal preference. Mm. I would suggest to you that costly sacrifice is at the very heart of worship. Think you're going to Malachi? <laughs> I was going to say I'm sitting here with, trying yeah. not to go off and, and give my whole sermon for Sunday well, well, <laughs> on this theme. Stay tuned. Yeah. Come yeah. to church Sunday. You'll yeah. you know exactly. Um, we'll, Brad will address that a little bit from Malachi. Um, it's easy to sing and serve when we're comfortable, and it doesn't cost us much. It's much harder when it demands something of me that I don't want to give. Hmm. 
But I'll just say I think the discomfort that I or we might feel right now over those issues are the Spirit of God challenging our heart on the issue. Mm. Um, so, you yeah. know. It's a good reminder. I, I, I love the imagery of, of the way Paul puts it in Romans 12, you know, when he's transitioning from the theology to the practice. And he says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Mm-hmm. That reminder that that sacrifice is the giving up of something, something costly. Um, but we're supposed to be living sacrifices, continually taking up our cross and following Christ. I think that's a good reminder for us as a church. Well, I, I want to transition into one kind of last question here, um, because you didn't have the opportunity to be up on stage in the same capacity as Tom and I did on Sunday, but you heard what we spoke about. Uh, is there anything kind of in addition to what we said that you would you would love to add to the discussion? Um, no, this discussion was it was great, and I'd encourage people to go find that on the website if they missed it, um, because you know these are hard questions um, that all of our churches are having mm-hmm. to address. And um, so I'm grateful to have at least had a conversation about it, and hopefully they'll continue. I would just, I guess, say, you know, I know in in so many ways this season has been hard, and we just want to get through it. Mm-hmm. Um, but as hard and as challenging as the past year has been, I think we should look at what's going on as an opportunity. Um, and I kind of hinted at that earlier where, you know, God is allowing us to see some things. You know, God is always at work, and he is always working to mature his followers and to refine his church. Um, and God's doing that right now. So as a church, he may be showing us places he wants us to change or refocus our mission. We shouldn't be afraid of that, but embrace the opportunity before us to move where God leads. Yeah, good reminder. You know, just, that's a positive spin. I mean, none of us really want to be here right now, but sometimes it takes these things for God to get us where yeah. he wants us to be. Yeah, amen to that, but he is faithful. Um, well, well, listeners, my, my hope is that this has been a helpful dialogue to you. Obviously, you know, in all the things we're wrestling through, some, some of the things we were able to address on Sunday, but we had a limited amount of time. Um, so I, I thought Tom or Troy's comments might be helpful to you as you're continuing to wrestle through that. I would encourage you to go back and check out both the, the, Sunday, the Sunday teaching time, that video that's online now, and we'll be posting some notes to go along with it in, in the hopes that that'll be helpful to you. Um, but I, I think this is a few good reminders for us, Troy. I appreciate your willingness to step on, share some of your thoughts, some of your challenges, both personally and professionally, some of what you see from your perspective that we as a church can grow into, hopefully continue to be faithful to what God is calling us to as a church. Any, any final thoughts on this subject, Troy, that you'd like to leave our listeners with? You know, I would just ask our listeners to, uh, to pray for us, you know, first of all, it's not being a leader in a leadership position anywhere right now is not easy. So, so just pray for your church and their leaders. Mm. Um, but particularly pray that, uh, that, um, what God is doing in us and where he wants us to go moving forward would become clearer and clearer to us. Uh, and then that we would be bold to step forward into those opportunities. Mm. 
Amen. Well, I appreciate your willingness to step onto the podcast and to share your thoughts. And and Troy has already tipped my hand, listeners, to kind of where we're going this next Sunday. We mentioned it a few weeks ago, uh, but this Sunday, Tom's out of town on vacation, so I will be preaching on the minor prophet in the last book in the Old Testament, the prophet Malachi. Typically, at this point in the podcast, I would be asking Tom what he's looking forward to preaching on, uh, but instead, you get to hear a little bit of what I'm what I'm looking forward to. I. Uh, it's it's challenging in its own right to look forward to a rebuking prophet like Malachi. His his words are challenging. The images he paints are are pretty stark. The whole the whole of the book has a feel of a courtroom where someone is being cross examined, and uh, it's it's a challenging it's a challenging book to wrestle through. But I am looking forward to the opportunity to to kind of walk us through that book to hear what the message was uh, for the people in Malachi's time. Uh, in a lot of ways, what, what he speaks to is the people had grown apathetic uh, to the God they served, and they were accusing God of a number of things um, because their circumstances were challenging. And so I think this book is an incredibly relevant one for us. I, I do admit that I'm still wrestling through some, some difficult interpretative things. Malachi addresses basically six different accusations that the people make toward God. And I'm trying to figure out what the theme is that laces all of this together and what the hinge is uh, for the whole book. So I'm continuing to wrestle through that interpretively, some of the structure and context questions we've asked previously on the podcast. But as as you begin preparing your hearts for this message, uh, what I would encourage you to do is is try and pray for and anticipate a a posture of humility. Um, again, the, the the rebuking prophets of the Old Testament can come across as harsh. They can come across as challenging, and our tendency is just like the nation of Israel is to be defensive and to begin putting up walls and justifying our actions and thoughts. And uh, my my prayer is for us and for myself individually um, that I allow Malachi to speak clearly, uh, allow him to prick our hearts and reveal uh, what we need to hear in the same way that the Old Testament prophet was revealing what the people of Israel needed to hear. So I'd encourage you to join us on Sunday, uh, whether it's online or whether it's the 8 o'clock, the 9 o'clock, or the 1030 service. Um, come anticipating the message on Malachi as we put an exclamation mark on the end of the Old Testament before we move into the Gospels of the New Testament. And thanks for joining us for another episode on the podcast. Uh, as we mentioned, uh, we have posted the video of Sunday's service online. We will be posting the notes with the scripture references as well. So if you're looking for more information, please check that out when you get the chance. Uh, if you're following along in the weekly reading from Malachi, we actually have the whole book in the reading. It's just four pretty short chapters, so we'd encourage you to take the time and take a look through that and shoot us any questions you have. We'd be happy to address them on the podcast as, as things come forward. Just know uh, that Pastor Troy and I and the rest of the leadership are praying for you, uh, for your interpretation of God's Word and your application of it in your own life, and we hope you join us again next week for Midweek in the Word. Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. As you're reading this week, be encouraged by the words of the Apostle Paul to Timothy. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth.